You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, well, eventually, I want to. I do want to get to NBA news, a couple of coaching hires over the past uh, couple of days, as well as the NBA playoff action, Eastern Conference Finals, Hawks Bucks from Tuesday night, the uh, pot- a couple of potential very serious, devastating injuries to star players. So I want to cover all that uh, here in a little bit. I want to start by talking about Malik Beasley, and um, I, you know, if, if we look at the Timberwolves roster and players who are most likely to be traded or or hold and or hold the same uh, or, or hold some level of trade value, I should say, and, and really kind of the center of that Venn diagram, Malik Beasley's right there. And I want to talk about what he could fetch, what type of a trade the Wolves may be willing to trade him in. Are are they, you know, how on the block is Malik Beasley? Is he only available for a star player or or what should the Wolves approach be when it comes to, to Malik Beasley headed into this offseason? Um, so I want to cover that for the majority of the show here today. And of course, it's related to and kind of on the heels of this continuation of, of the Ben Simmons um, news is maybe a strong term for it. The rumors that the Wolves, of course, are interested and that the Sixers are are at least considering a, a deal and plenty of teams have inquired. So I want to kind of talk through what his value might be on the trade market. So that'll be today's show. A reminder here off the top, you can follow this podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves, as well as at B-Beacon, which is two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so let's get into the Beasley conversation first. Um, as mentioned, the Wolves, I've talked about this a little bit uh, on a on a previous show, I think maybe last week, the Wolves kind of have a, a weird roster in the sense that they've got a couple of max contract guys, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Towns isn't going anywhere. Russell's pretty unlikely to be traded. And you've got several of these kind of value contracts at the bottom of the roster. Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, uh, you know, Jake Lehman obviously uh, is good value. Um, he's not somebody that another team's going to seek out a trade for. And he doesn't hold enough, you know, it's not a big enough contract to be worth much in a trade other than a throw in or, you know, a deep roster spot type guy. Reed and Noel probably aren't going anywhere because they're great values for what their deal is. And you, you don't have a lot in the middle. I mean, Josh Akogi, Jarrett Culver are in terms of size of contract somewhere in the middle. Um, but Akogi, you know, he's just got the one year left and he's a pretty good value too at four or something million, I think is what his deal is. It's unlikely he goes somewhere unless it's part of a bigger deal. Jarrett Culver is overpaid for what he is. There could be some upside there still, or there should be some upside there still. He's somewhere in the middle. Ricky Rubio's got an expiring deal, but the Wolves aren't going to be chomping at the bit to trade him because of what they think he could mean, uh, along with D'Angelo Russell. You know, we saw this a little bit at the end of last year, how both Russell and, and Rubio could kind of coexist in Chris Finch's system. Also, the Rubio impact on Anthony Edwards. The way the Wolves roster is set up, Malik Beasley is by far kind of right, as I mentioned a moment ago, kind of in that middle, the center of the Venn diagram of 
of, you know, valuable enough to the wolves that they're not going to, they're not actively trying to trade him, right? They're not trying to rid themselves of his contract, but valuable to other teams. And this con Beasley's contract is maybe not a steal, but it's, it's probably, uh, you know, maybe even on, uh, on, on par with a, a bargain. Um, Beasley is, is worth his contract and maybe a little bit more. And he's got two years left at roughly 30 million plus a team option for another year after that. So it's effectively a two-year deal. And then there's a team option. The next two years total is about 15 million or excuse me, 30 million between the two years combined. So Beasley's worth his contract. There's a little bit of upside there still. He's a legit 20 point a game scorer, 39, 40% three-point shooter. Other teams are interested in Malik Beasley. The Timberwolves want to keep Malik Beasley. So what are the odds he's traded? Now, I've seen a lot of these kind of fake trades floating around on various sites. In fact, there's one I'll call out here in just a second over at Bleacher Report. There was an article, uh, this would have been just over the weekend, I believe, trades to replace the NBA's most disappointing starters. This is a trade for the Lakers, but this is an example of a deal where where because Beasley's name has been floated and, and also because he's literally sitting in jail right now uh, because of the, the charges from last fall, um, and he's, I don't know, close to halfway through his sentence. He should be out later this summer. He'll be on probation, et cetera. But, um, I guess that's, it's not a separate issue because it's directly related to Beasley's trade value and our, would teams be willing to trade for him? So I'll get to that in a minute, but it's not like the wolves are chomping at the bit to trade Malik Beasley. He's a valuable player. So a trade like this, that is proposed that, that I'll read here in a second, doesn't make a ton of sense to me from a wolves perspective. So this proposed trade is from the Lakers side of things. Again, this is teams looking to give up on disappointing starters. So this would be the Lakers sending Contavious Caldwell Pope and their 22nd overall pick in this year's draft to the Wolves for Malik Beasley. This is not a real rumor. This is uh, manufactured by Greg Sports at Bleacher Report, who does a bunch of these kind of, uh, you know, what if scenario trade scenarios. I mean, this is an awful value for Beasley. Caldwell Pope's a legit two-way player doesn't bring offense to the table like Beasley does, not really anywhere close, but he's a much, much better defender. And But he's also overpaid. Um, I, let me pull up his exact contract, but but I, I mean, he's overpaid. He, he is. And Beasley isn't. Um, I, I don't know why the Wolves would be motivated to make a trade like that. And this isn't the only one. I'm sure the Wolves could find a solid defensive wing, you know, a three and D type guy in a reasonable contract and a pick for Malik Beasley. But unless they're desperate to move him, if they feel like they need to free up space for Anthony Edwards, which I guess maybe that's the argument you make is, hey, trading Beasley, we now have room in the backcourt for Russell Edwards. I mean, they're not getting a draft pick this year. So, you know, maybe if they landed a top three pick, if the Wolves had landed a top three pick and they were going to get Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs, you can make the argument that this deal makes sense. You can make the argument that trading Beasley for a defensive minded wing who can still knock down open threes and, uh, you know, uh, be a lower usage type guy would, and a first round pick that that would make tons of sense. But right now it's not like the wolves are stacked on the wing. They've got Beasley and they've got Edwards who are both two guards. And, you know, you might want Jade McDaniels to play some three. You might want Wancho to play some three. Jalen Noel, I think could be a rotation player. I think he's got some nice upside as a bench guy, but I don't think the wolves have this embarrassment of riches where they're thinking, okay, let's pick up a late first rounder in the process, downgrade our offense and, and only improve our defense really incrementally by getting Caldwell Pope, maybe a little better than that. But he's also, he's overpaid. Here, here's what he's making. 
Next year, he'll get a little over $13 million. The year after that, $14 million. So $27 million over the next two years. Would you rather pay KCP $27 million over two years, or would you pay Malik Beasley 30 with the team option for the year following? I think you take Beasley, and I don't even think the 22nd overall pick in this year's draft would be enough to sway me. Um, so I say all of that to kind of set this up that I don't think the Wolves are desperate to trade Malik Beasley unless they have some indication that there's, you know, he's troubled off the court. These issues are going to continue. He's going to keep getting into trouble. I don't know that there's been that indication. Um, the Timberwolves have supported him all along. He's Beasley said all the right things. Obviously what he did and what he was uh, alleged to have done was really, really bad. Um, he said the right things and, and, and acted as though he's ready to, to put the off the court troubles behind him, uh, you know, kind of make amends or try to make amends for what he did and move forward. So if, if that's all true and the wolves feel like they're not, you know, and he's not going to be part of a larger trade, which I'll get to next segment here, then a trade like Beasley for KCP and a late first round pick just kind of like, why? I mean, why would the Wolves do that? I understand it from the Lakers' perspective. Beasley would be a great fit with the Lakers. Uh, they don't, I mean, he'd be a better fit for them than KCP. I'm sure the Lakers would jump at that trade. I just don't know why the Timberwolves would, and they wouldn't. Uh, Gerson Rosas would not, would not make that trade. Because also, if he does it, now he doesn't have Beasley as a trade chip as part of a larger deal, like the Ben Simmons the the possible Ben Simmons trades I talked about on Tuesday's show. So I just don't think that makes any sense. Next, I do want to talk about some of those, you know, the flip side of this coin. Like if the Wolves do choose to trade him, what does this look like? Um, you know, what kind of deals could he be involved in versus what would he, what does he currently provide the Wolves on the roster as things, as things stand today? All right, before we get into that though, let's talk about Green Room. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can find Lockdown hosts from across the NBA, as well as the MLB, NHL, and NFL. I'll be joining the app soon. Be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group or NFL, MLB, or NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown Wolves room is live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, so Malik Beasley right now in the Timberwolves, what's his role? If the Timberwolves come into the season, knock on wood, they'll come into the season healthy. They're five, the five most likely starters are D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns. Ricky Rubio's the next man up. Toss uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez into that same category. Josh Kogi. those are probably your top eight guys with like, you know, Jarrett Culver and Nas Reed kind of right on the fringe there coming into next season as the roster stands. Obviously, things could change. Jared Vanderbilt's a restricted free agent. I think he could crack the top nine in a rotation because of his flexibility as a defender and his rebounding chops that, frankly, Hernan Gomez and, and to this point, McDaniels don't have. So that's that's probably your top eight to 10 to 11 guys as, as the roster is currently constructed. So Beasley and Edwards are both best utilizes twos, especially defensively. 
Josh Okoge defensively can guard a couple of positions, but offensively he functions more as a four. Jarrett Culver, uh, I, I don't really want to talk about Jarrett Culver in the context of the Wolves offense because I have no idea how he's going to fit in next year or, or if or if he would. I actually tend to think it's unlikely he'll be on the roster at the start of next season. So when you look at Malik Beasley, the Wolves clearly have a spot for him, right? Um, in that starting lineup, though, he's probably your fourth option. And that's okay. I mean, I still think he can score close to 20 points a game because of the sheer number of possessions the Wolves will have. And also Beasley scores in bunches. He's an efficient three-point shooter. He scores in transition and from beyond the arc almost exclusively. And he's a really good shooter. So I think he'll still score a ton of points as the fourth option in the Wolves offense. But is that the best use of that role? Is it the best use of cap space? And I, I think yes. I still think, sitting here today, if I had to, if I had to say, whether or not Beasley's on the roster come October 25th or whenever the season actually starts for the Wolves, I would say yes. I think it's most likely he's on the team for the reasons I stated in the first segment. I think that the combination of of what his contract is, the value of his contract, what he provides, his upside, the fact the Wolves just went out on a limb, what, nine months ago and, and signed him, brought him back in restricted free agency, I think it's more likely than not he's on the team. I don't think the Wolves go out and trade him for a 3 and D guy and a first round pick like the the Greg Swartz proposal on Bleacher Report from the Lakers' perspective. Now, if the Wolves could get in on a Ben Simmons, if they could get in on a Bradley Beal, maybe if you can get in on a, uh, even on like a Miles Turner or a Damana Sabonis type trade, John Collins a lot less likely, especially now. But a name like that, you know, all those names, kind of that that superstar tier, obviously with Simmons and Beal, and then the next tier below, the borderline stars, borderline all-star type guys. Yes, Beasley isn't quite to that category himself. I think he could and should be included in, in any of those trades, if if possible. Mostly because a big reason for this is D'Angelo Russell's overpaid. Most teams, like I talked about this on Tuesday, if the Sixers are trying to trade Ben Simmons, they're probably not too excited about paying D'Angelo Russell the max over the next two seasons. They would much rather pay Malik Beasley $30 million over two seasons than D'Angelo Russell like 60 or whatever it is he's owed over the next two. I, I think that's very clear. I mean, you could argue... In a vacuum, Beasley's a more effective player if you factor in roles and all that stuff. Um, so that would not sh- that that that's what I would expect. So that's why I think if the Wolves were to make a big trade, Beasley's going to be involved no matter what. But I would only include him in such a deal. I would not include Malik Beasley in a, a shuffling uh, a, sh- a shuffling the deck type trade. I would not include him in a hey let's sacrifice some offense to improve the defense incrementally. I think the only way he's moved is as part of the, is one of these bigger deals. Now I haven't dove into possibilities for Bradley Beal. I think it's pretty unlikely the Wolves could get Bradley Beal. Simmons, I think, is he's certainly the the hotter topic, the hotter conversation right now. I also think it's more likely that Simmons ends up on the Wolves than Bradley Beal. Um, but there's the whole conversation. If the Wolves are going to make a big deal, Beasley suddenly is their number one trade chip with no draft pick this year, with Edwards not going anywhere, with. Uh, with D'Angelo Russell overpaid and, and having a so-so season with in terms of health and also performance when he was on the court. I really think Towns, D'Lo, Edwards, they're all going to be on this team. Jade McDaniels, those guys are all going to be on this team come fall. The question marks, Beasley, Rubio, and then the less enticing question marks, I guess, would be Akogi, Culver. I think everybody else, I think the Noels, the Reeds, Juancho, Hernan Gomez, uh, as I mentioned, McDaniels, I think all those guys are still on this team come next year. 
um, it's it's the it's the guys in the middle that are the question mark. And of those, Beasley has the most value. Um, again, if I'm the Wolves, it's only as part of a larger trade that he's moved. So it'll be interesting to see how often he's mentioned in some of these like fantasy type ideal perfect world scenarios for other teams and how often his name is mentioned as a target for some of these contenders like hey it'd be great to add to Malik Beasley as if the Wolves themselves healthy fully realized aren't at least a 500 team knocking on the door of the playoffs as currently constructed which I I believed at the start of last year I believe it now Edwards was better than I expected and Chris Finch is a great coach I well great's maybe a strong word I think Chris Finch will be a very good coach and, and is already a good coach this team is as currently constructed an above 500 team, can they make a big move to turn themselves into a, uh, a team that would be favored to make the playoffs next year? But why would they tear themselves down by trading Beasley in a, in a again, a shuffling the deck type move um, to improve incrementally on one end of the floor and, and, and get worse on the other end of the floor when they don't have to. Um, so that that's my take on Beasley this off season, more likely than not, he's on the team. If he's not on the team, it's because they made a blockbuster. That's probably the best way to say it. I could have just started with that, I guess. But that's that's where I think we'll end up this offseason with Malik Beasley. Next, what I want to do is I want to catch up on all the NBA news, the coaching news, the injury news. Uh, Bucks-Hawks game five, I guess it was. Or no, sorry, game four from Tuesday night. Um, I want to cover all that coming up here next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I guarantee it. If you've ever had a protein bar, it, if it wasn't a Built Bar, it probably didn't taste great quite frankly, but you need to try Bilt Bar. It tastes amazing. It tastes just like a candy bar. I didn't even really like protein bars at all. And now I eat a Bilt Bar almost every single day, sometimes two a day. Right now you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of their nine flavors and they're all fantastic. But right now, coconut, uh, the cherry barcia, mint brownie, salted caramel, they're all fantastic, but get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and only four grams net carbs. You can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's also talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and information for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, uh, let's talk NBA news. So let's hit coaching news first. Um, a couple of teams hired coaches over the last couple of days. The Portland Trailblazers will be hiring former Timberwolf Chauncey Billups and uh, most recently an assistant coach with the LA Clippers. But Billups is going to is going to be the head coach in Portland. There's kind of mixed reports on Damian Lillard's thoughts. There's, of course, now the uh, the Lillard rumors out that he maybe is requesting a trade. We already knew he was unhappy. We knew who his preferred head coach was. Um, and you know, I, I, by the way, I should throw this in there. There's a lot of every every team is now speculating about whether or about how they could potentially pony up to acquire Damian Lillard. The Timberwolves are not going to get Damian Lillard. They just aren't. 
Um, they're not going to trade Towns to do it. I don't think they would trade Anthony Edwards to do it. And I mean, if you're matching salaries, you're talking Beasley and Rubio, that's nowhere near near enough to get it done. Even with like three first round picks, you'd have to find picks from other teams. I, I just, it, there just doesn't make a ton of sense to, to do it. Um, so I would not, I would not expect that to happen. Um, anyway, the Blazers are hiring Chauncey Billups. He's had this experience now as an assistant. Remember, he was he was a kind of a fringe candidate for a Wolves front office spot back when Flip Saunders was was in talks to buy the team and was in the front office. Uh, they briefly, I think, talked about coaching at the time. Um, he's of course never been uh, a head coach and has only been an assistant for I believe the one season with the Clippers. Uh, he had done broadcasting over at I think ESPN a few years prior. So. A little bit of a surprise there. Um, I mean, he's been, again, rumored for quite some time as being a, a future head coach, and I, I think he'll be a good one. I don't know if that happens in his first stop or not, um, but hopefully Chauncey does well, hopefully not too well, I guess, with the Blazers. But the other big hire was the Boston Celtics bringing in Ime Udoka, who most recently was an assistant uh, with Brooklyn. He had spent the previous several years on Greg Popovich's staff in San Antonio. He had finished his playing career in San Antonio, I believe, as well. And uh, so he's also been considered a rising star in the coaching ranks. And Brad Stevens, of course, moved to the front office in in Boston. And um, Udoka will be their head coach. So another exciting hire, another young coach with no head coaching experience. Really interesting to see how that all shakes out. But good opportunities for both those guys. Great jobs to walk into, honestly. I mean, Portland's obviously, there's some turmoil there, but... Still a perennial playoff contender in a division where they still should be able to be competitive. You know, both the Wolves and and the and the Thunder having their issues right now rebuilding. And if you can figure figure out the Lillard situation, not a bad spot to be. And obviously, Boston's got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and and Marcus Smart and um, likely a capable front office still. And that leaves, I think, just three head coaching vacancies out there. Uh, Washington and Orlando are two of them. Um, I, I did see that uh, Jacques Vaughn, who had been seriously considered for the for the New Orleans job, was withdrawing his name from consideration um, for any of the remaining coaching positions. And uh, I think it was a, a personal reason he wanted to spend time with his family type thing. Penny Hardaway said he's not leaving Memphis. He had been rumored as uh, as a, a serious candidate for the Orlando Magic job. Um, but there's only the three jobs available. And now I'm blanking on what the third one is. Uh, oh, the uh, oh, I said the Magic. The Pelicans, Wizards, and the Magic are the three. So we'll definitely keep an eye on those openings and any news that breaks related to those here in the coming days and weeks. I would imagine they'll be buttoned up here fairly quickly. The other news would be injury news. Trey Young did not play in game four due to the bone bruise and the tweaked ankle after stepping on the official's foot in game three. So he did not play in Hawks Bucks during the game. Clint Capella took an elbow to the face and is very likely it looked to be a relatively serious injury. Now, of course, the facial injuries, as long as there's no... um, you know, uh, concussion or anything like that. Typically those guys can bounce back and play with a mask or, or what have you. Uh, but he took an elbow to the face late in the game and, and it didn't look great. Um, uh, unclear if it was like nose or orbital bone or, or, or what the deal was exactly. Um, and then of course the big news was the Giannis Attentacupo knee injury did not look good. Looked like a, a, a bad hyperextension. I mean, it's the sort of thing um, it made me think of this. I feel like this happened to Kevin Garnett multiple times in a Timberwolves uniform. And somehow he was like basically Gumby when he played for the Wolves and that he just bounced back. He'd roll his ankle, just, you know, 
come come go back to the locker room, come back and play. Uh, this this, however, looked really serious. Um, and there were some reports after the game. I think a, a beat reporter came out and said, and I, I apologize, I forget who it was, said that the team is concerned or they're fearful. I think was the term he used about an ACL tear. Uh, we we as of this recording, this is you know late late Tuesday following the the game. We don't know what it's going to be. It didn't look great. Obviously, a devastating injury puts him out for the vast majority of next season, basically up until the playoffs, most likely anyway. So for the sake of the game, clearly everybody's hoping that he's going to be all right. Um, the Hawks did end up winning the game without Trey Young. They even the series at two games apiece. And it was, uh, uh, you know, they they played well down the stretch to kind of pull away. Um, they were mostly in control throughout. But the Bucks, up until the Giannis injury, were hanging around, were making a little bit of a third quarter push, and then the Hawks just kind of kept the foot on the gas and, and pulled away uh, to some extent and ended up, you know, the last few minutes were garbage time and it was a 22-point win. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, awful injury news, an awful night in terms of injuries in the NBA. And fingers crossed for all these medical reports coming back that they'll come back, uh, you know, more positive than negative. Um, I should also mention that the road to the finals, our, our discussion about the NBA playoffs is always brought to us by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. At 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, um, that's really all I have today. I'm working on still lining up a couple of guests here for the upcoming shows as we kind of cruise into draft and free agency mode here in the Wolves offseason. Um, still five shows uh, through the playoffs. We'll do five shows a week um, and really through the draft up until free agency uh, before we slid on just a little for a very brief pause in the offseason. Um, but but we're, we're still going full steam ahead with all this, all this kind of postseason wrap-up, off-season preview here on the show. So be sure if you're not already subscribed or following the show that you do that. Um, and you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter, newly verified, at LockedOnTWolves, don't forget the T, and also at BBeacon, also newly verified, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Uh, be sure you're following all of those, or both those Twitter accounts, and on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. A reminder that the Lockdown Wolves podcast is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. This episode was brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. That's all I have today. I'll be back, of course, on Thursday. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, the one the only Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcast music and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y.